Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, and welcome to the Publicly Challenged Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Oswald, and I hope you join me on my quest for knowledge to become a better public land hunter angler and forager stick with this and who knows maybe we will learn something together all right so i am sitting here and i am talking to bob seeley of seeley outdoors slash big bass splash and uh bob would you like to go ahead and introduce that was good (laughs) i liked the way you did that Yeah, Lucas, I, I, I'm really uh, excited about being on the on your program. All right, so really could could you introduce yourself a little bit and kind of give a little bit of background for everybody that's listening that may not know who you are? Well, I, uh, of course, it's Bob Seeley, and I created uh, the uh, Big Bass concept. Uh, we can turn this clock back about 46 years ago. <laughs> uh, you know, I, my background, uh, basically, uh, we were, my family, we were cattle ranchers and my father was a cattle auctioneer. And I also auctioneered, uh, to help pay my way through school. But, uh, my granddad, uh, was the one that really got me and, and taught me how to fish. Uh, cause my dad was a workaholic and, and that's all he ever knew really was his work ethics and stuff and just an awesome guy you know he lived to be 91 and uh he lived a heck of a life but uh uh you know it's it's funny because i told him that uh at one time that i wanted to become a professional fisherman and he didn't know anything about it and all this no he said well i didn't know that you can make a living doing that i said yeah if you can catch fish you could probably make a living doing it he said well you better learn how to fish. So my <laughs> granddad, the one that taught me how and actually, and then I got into real estate and stuff. And then, uh, 
been up here at Lake Sam Rayburn since November of 1969 and sold real estate here uh, for quite a while and then got into the fishing and got on the BASS tour. Uh, I really wanted to become a, a professional fisherman. And I did all right, you know, uh, I, I, I never made it to the classic. Uh, that was my ultimate goal as all kids today, you know, that's what they really want to do. And, uh, but I found out I was a little bit better salesman or promoter than I was a fisherman. <laughs> and so my wife and I got to talking one time and I told her, I said, I'd like to create an event for amateurs because there's a lot more amateurs than there are pros. And of course, Ray Scott became a very, very close, good friend of mine. And I envied what he did, but I knew I couldn't compete with him. And that's the reason why I, I took the family route. And we came up with this slogan, fishing, family, and fun. So I said, you know, instead of doing five fish limits and things like this, I said, I got an idea. I said, I want to do a one fish. Uh, and everything that I do is guaranteed. I don't do anything based on numbers. I'm a gambler. I run that. <laughs> I ain't got no problem with that. But anyway, so it just so happens that I had a good friend that worked at a radio station. So I approached them 46 years ago and I said, I've got a concept that uh, I think y'all might be interested in. You can make a lot of money out of it. And uh, I said, you know, so I laid it out. And Dick Osbert and Rusty Reynolds were the owners of three radio stations, KYKX up in Longview, Texas, KYKZ in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and KYKS uh, in Lufkin. And so I laid out the concept, hourly payouts, you know, you weigh in fish every hour. And uh, so they loved the concept, Dale. Said, yeah, we could sell the hourlies and things like this for advertisement on the radio. So it started at Lowe's Creek on the Texas side of Lake Toledo Bend. And, uh, you know, the, I think the entry fee uh, back then was like $20 and it was a one day deal to start with. And they paid like three places every hour, eight hours during the course of a day. And then the biggest pass overall, I think won a thousand dollars you know. Well, so for four years, they did that out of Lowe's Creek. And like I said, it was my concept. I fished it, but it was my concept. And after that fourth year, I decided that I wanted to branch out on my own. So I did. And uh, got him. I had a good friend that owned a Burger King uh, here locally in Jasper. And I said, I need you to be a sponsor of a fishing tournament. And uh, he said, well, what does it take? And I told him, he said, I like that idea. So uh, actually 42 years ago, the first big bass deal that we did, that I did on my own was the Burger King big bass. And uh, so for about two years that went on and we were averaging around three or 400 entries and stuff. And, and it was a one day deal. Uh, we had no beneficiary uh, and uh, and I didn't really have corporate sponsors involved at that time. So Rick decided to be owner of Burger King, went on and did some other stuff and things. So I kind of bowed out. And when I said, I'm not going to do the Burger King again, 
someone called Jack Schwartz and his wife, Suzanne, who owned McDonald's in Jasper. And he called and he said, I understand you're not going to do the Burger King term anymore. I said, nope. He said, well, I'd be interested in it. Can you give me some information? So I did. I met with him for lunch and all. I laid it out and told him this is what we do. He said, you know what? I'll be very much involved, but I've got one deal I need you to do. And I said, what? I want you to benefit the Ronald McDonald House. Well, I didn't know what the Ronald McDonald House was all about. And he said, I'm glad you said that because I've got an appointment for you to go to Houston and put the Ronald McDonald House there. So my wife and I drove down and we went to the Ronald McDonald House. And I'm going to tell you something. It didn't take me but three minutes to say this is unbelievable because the Ronald McDonald House is always close to a hospital. And they house a lot of children that are being uh, and families that are being stricken by catastrophic diseases and all. And love Bill. So I came back to Jack and I said, I like the idea. And that's great. So the very first year that we did the McDonald's tournament was back in 1984. And we did it here at Rayburn. And I bumped it up to a two day event. And guaranteed i i think the guarantee was like 10 grand you know and uh we paid hourly three places an hour and stuff the very first year we drew 492 entries which is the most entries that anyone had done anywhere uh for for an amateur tournament and it went over successful we raised the money for ronald mcdonald house the second year it went up to 694 entries you know and I had a good friend in Dallas, Texas that had his name is uh, uh, Barry, um, gosh, now I can't think <laughs> yeah. of it. He's got a fishing show and uh, it, uh, it was televised. So I called him and I said, hey, I need your photographer uh, to come down and film this event that I'm doing. I said, because I need a presentation put together to, for corporate sponsor deals and stuff. And uh, I asked Jack, I said, let me ask you a question. Is there any way that McDonald's Corp would get involved? He said, oh, no, They're, we're a small scale deal. It's not. No. Well, I can't tell. I, I don't like for people to tell me I can't do something. <laughs> well, I had send his camera, camera down. We filmed and we made a four minute presentation uh, for sponsorship deals and stuff and talked about the benefit of Ronald McDonald House. I got on a plane and I flew to Chicago and went to Hamburger University, cold turkey, walked <laughs> to the receptionist. I said, ma'am, I need to speak to someone in marketing uh, because I've got this idea to benefit Ronald McDonald House. And I said, it's called McBass. And she looked in her directory and said, well, we don't have a McBass. I said, no, but in four hours you will. <laughs> well, here comes the rookie from the marketing department and he introduced himself and I had an eight track cassette tape, not a DVD, you know? And I asked him, I said, by the way, have you got a conference room? He said, yeah. I said, you got a TV that'll play this eight, you know, it's a four minute deal. He said, yeah. So we went into the conference room, sat down. I put the tape in, hit play. It went about a minute and a half. He said, would you stop that and rewind it? And he got on the phone. Next thing I know, two more people from the marketing department come in. We did it again. 
put the tape in, hit play, almost identical to spot. They said, stop that and rewind it. And they got on the phone. <laughs> Long story short, I had the executive vice president of McDonald's Corporation. I had four of his big marketing people. And I had the director of the Ronald McDonald House to uh, nationwide that came in. And I finally got to play the entire four minutes of that tape. And the executive VP turned around and asked me, he says, what do you want? I said, I want a license from McDonald's Corporation that I can go anywhere in the U.S. and create a big bass event to benefit the Ronald McDonald House. He said, you don't want any money? And I said, nope. He said, sign him up. <laughs> <laughs> so I am now, uh, and I still am a licensee of McDonald's Corp, where I can still go anywhere in the U.S. and put these events on. When the third year came up for the McDonald's tournament, I got OMC involved, Skeeter Boats came in, and I went to Tony Caligier, who was the marketing guy with uh, Skeeter. I said, and I ran a Skeeter boat as I was fishing professionally with BAS. And I told uh, Tony, I said, I want you to give me a boat and I'll buy a boat because I'm going to give them away at my big bass event. And he liked that idea. And I already had the engines. So the third year, we made the grand prize, a brand new Skeeter bass boat. And I created the elimination draw boat, which take all the entries, put them in a hat. We draw five names, get them up on stage, and we eliminate them one at a time by drawing. And the last person standing takes on the boat, whether or not they uh, uh, caught a fish or not. And uh, that year, I drew 2,000. 267 entries and made my mark in the industry, which was the largest tournament ever held in history at that time. So that's really how the creation of the McDonald's Big Bass Tournament really kind of started. And we just kept going and on on. And I went to other states, met other McDonald's people and stuff, and we kind of expanded out. So and and when I did my 25th anniversary event here at Lake Sam Raven, because it's the granddaddy of them all, that was the very first year that I guaranteed $1 million. One fish won a quarter of a million. Um, I had Blake Shelton to come and put on a free concert. We had met Blake years ago when he was 16 years old. He fished our Lake Forkham <laughs> for about four years nice. when he was trying to make it into the country music. And I told him uh, one year when we were there at Fork, I said, uh, if you make it, you're going to owe me one. He said, what? I said, I want you to do a concert at an anniversary event. You know, he didn't forget that. And uh, sure enough, uh, he came well, with that million-dollar guarantee, Blake being there, I drew the largest crowd that's ever been at an outdoor fishing tournament event in history. I had over 30,000 people there. And then I drew 7,552 entries from 42 wow. states and seven foreign countries. Lake Sam Rayburn is 114,500 acres and it can handle it. And, but, 
the lake in the mornings looked like a city. (laughs) And uh, Kevin Van Dam came and presented the trophy to the winner. And that's when I came up with the deals where amateurs win like the pros. Yep. And you know what? We made our mark, made our, our, our deal. And now the kind of rest is history. We do five major events a year. And of course, it'll kick off this coming April. This is the uh, entry form, if you can see it. Mm-hmm. Yep. They'll be here in about two weeks. So we'll start distributing, do a direct mail, but people can go on our website and we've already got people registering for all five events for the whole year uh, already right now. So let's kind of talk. I I got a question for you uh, um, because you mentioned the the whole entire drawdown and the concept of that, but let's go into that in a little bit more detail because it's more than just uh, pulling names and elimination. I mean, there's a lot of stress and tension and and heartache in between there along the way. And the way you hype it up and promote it to everybody, it uh, I, I've got to stand there and experience it, witness it firsthand and see how it all plays out. And uh, it's yeah. interesting. It, it's, it's almost a nail-biting experience, especially for the people that are up there. So, I mean, oh, yeah. you're, you're asking them about not just are you willing to give up this boat, but how much money are you willing to give up or pay the other person so they'll drop out? Even if they don't know, their name might not have even been drawn. <laughs> so. Oh, I know. You know, it's, uh, yeah, the elimination draw boat is, is the highlight of my awards deal, you know, because uh, I, I really get to play games with these guys. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's mind game, but I love it and they like it. And, uh, you know, we're, we have fun with it. Uh, I, I tell you, there, there's one of these days I'm going to write a book. Uh, I have got so much stuff. I, <laughs> I can remember years, about 13 years ago, we were at registration and it was here at Rayburn. And, uh, there was a grandpa, a dad and a son, all three, three generations fishing out of this boat. And the boy was 11 years old. And I'm standing there talking to his dad and Brandon said, Hey dad, I don't want to fish the little anglers division. I want to fish the adult division. So his dad asked me, he said, well, can he do that? And I said, sure he can. He said, well, what if he wins a boat or something? I said, I'll title the boat in your name. He said, okay. So Brandon <laughs> said, he said, Mr. Bob, all I want is a four wheeler. I told him, I said, Brandon, you win this tournament. I think I can help you with the four wheeler. You won't believe this, Lucas. <laughs> they went out and he caught a bat. Now, mind you, I had over 5,000 entries in that term. He, uh, he caught a bass that weighed 11.57 pounds and won the tournament. <laughs> and everybody was just blown away. And so during the awards program, it was a sportsman's package that was for first place. I didn't tell him what it was because it was a surprise deal. So his whole family is sitting on the front row when we start making the overall top five. And when I got to Brandon called his name up, he got a standing novation of people just coming up and clapping and hollering and stuff like this. And so I said, Brandon, there's three parts to what you've won with your sportsman package. And mind you, like I said, his whole family sitting on the front row watching. 
So the first thing I did was I gave him the check for $30,000. Well, his mom is smiling. She's thinking, ooh, college, that helps. And then I told him, I said, hey, Brandon, the boat that we're standing in right now, which will happen to be a 21-foot Triton, fully loaded out. I handed him the keys. I said, this is your boat. <laughs> oh, his dad was smiling. Oh, his grandpa was smiling. But then I, I said, hey, Brandon, I got your four-wheeler. Oh, Brandon's eyes got that <laughs> big around. And I reached in my pocket, and as I was pulling the keys out, I said, but Brandon, this four-wheeler is going to be totally different than what you were anticipating. I don't know of any 11-year-old kid today that has a four-wheeler like this. And I gave him the keys to an H2 Hummer, and his dad passed out. <laughs> um, it was, he just, it was mind-boggling. And uh, so he won over $140,000 for that one fish, you know. And uh, he is still today the youngest angler in big bass history ever to win a major event. Uh, he is now a dentist and his dad and him still fish our events. His grandfather passed away, but they still fish our event. That's and awesome. You talking about a role model? I tell you, after that happened, we started seeing more kids fishing with parents or grandparents or their guardian. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not a computer guru whatsoever, but it's really healthy to be outdoors and uh, to see these kids. And I've talked about girls as well. You know, I got two grandkids that are in the high school fishing team and stuff. And they're doing pretty good. I, I wished that they had fishing when I was in high school. Uh, I would have learned a lot more. Uh, of course, kids today with electronics and stuff like this, oh, gosh, they're so much better on electronics than <laughs> we'll ever think about doing. But uh, it's absolutely amazing. But, you know, the hourly payouts, we, we pay 15 places every hour for the 15 largest bass weighed in each hour. Uh, $2,500 for the biggest bass all the way down to 250 in 15th place. But then we have another deal. Uh, we have exact weights. I'll give an example here at Rayburn, the first person to catch a 300, 400, or 500 each day, that's worth $5,000. And believe it or not, they hit them. But let's say that on day one, the three and the five get hit, but the four doesn't. I'll put that $5,000 in a random draw between all contestants because it's part of the guarantee. That's the reason why I said everything I do that I give away is guaranteed. Doesn't make any difference where I draw 100 entries or 5,000 entries. I pay out exactly what I say I'm going to do. And like in April this year, our, uh, it's April the 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Hope you can see that. <laughs> that's $550,000 that's guaranteed at the Lake Sam Raven event. Uh, these books have all the rules, regulations, has the entry form in it, and it shows each tournament, the payouts, the guarantees, things of this nature. And, of course, we have a lot of people that go online and register 
and all this information is on our website as well. But, uh, you know, I still get out and I put these entry forms out in tackle stores, Academy Sports and Outdoors, uh, Bass Pros, Cabela's, uh, a lot of convenience stores, things like this, because a lot of people are like me. Uh, they don't go on a computer. So when they get the book, yeah, they pretty well show up. <laughs> so one of the things I noticed was I, I pre-registered online and did all yeah. that. I think the wait was about the same as if I would have just showed up to the event <laughs> and registered. You, know, you never know. You don't. You, you never, never know. know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we always either have one day or two days of registration prior to the event. Uh, and, and we're trying to work on that. You know, I'm, I count my blessings every day that I have the staff that I've got. Uh, these people have been with me for 20 plus years and they have jobs or they're in business for themselves, but they take their time off and they come to our events and work. And, uh, you know, it runs very smooth. Uh, we, we try to do it in a very professional manner, but at the same time, you know, uh, we have fun with it and that's what it's all about me. You know, my, my daughter and my wife, they're the backbones of, uh, of, of what this is all about me. I'm just a mouth, uh, <laughs> uh, but I created it and I do the promotional, a lot of promotional work, stuff like this. And, and I really appreciate you calling us and asking us to do this podcast i'm i'm telling you that's that's awesome i appreciate it so uh let's let's kind of talk about uh transition a little bit and talk about fishing and uh kind of some of your experiences and stuff over the years you know trying to fish the tournaments and make it to the classics um yeah what what was that i mean it had to be pretty exciting and how far did you take it you know like was there was there ever any moments where you think you weren't going to make it or or some really close calls that uh really brought you in close there you know the closest uh, BASS tournament th- that I came to winning, because I was in the lead the first two days, and I was at Lake Gunnersville in Alabama, and uh, it was you you drew a you know you drew a pro, and we had to flip a coin to see whose boat we're going in and who got the first half a day and who got the second half a day. But you know, I, like I said, I was leading that tournament after the the first day and the second day and. So the, the partner that I drew the third day, the last day, he said, man, wherever you want to go in your boat, that's fine with me. I said, thank you. And so we took off. Well, I caught four pretty good fish right off the bat. And uh, the rest of the, the day was a long day because I was catching some shark fish and I needed one more keeper. And we had about 10 minutes left. And the guy that was in second place, John Dean, was not more than 60 yards from me. And I saw John catch three or four good fish and all this. I said, oh, this is going to be a close one. I said, man, if I can get one more bite, a good bite, I think I can win this. Well, I got my bite all right, and it was a good one. It was a 20-pound goo. And that didn't work. Anyway, I came in. I lost that tournament by nine ounces. I (laughs) I came in second. But that's okay. Uh, the experience that I got over those years of fishing with other pros, uh, fishing against them and with them taught me a lot. You know, it also taught me a lot about myself. And, uh, you know, when you're, 
pre-fishing, you know, uh, practice and stuff, I'd always be by myself and trying to put patterns together and trying to figure them out and stuff. Every lake is different. And, uh, you know, now the technology that's come about in the fishing industry, is just mind boggling, you know, the live scopes, the live targeting and stuff like this. But, you know, it's just like a very good friend of ours is Gerald Swindle. And uh, Gerald, if you go on his YouTube, he's got a segment on there about live scope, you know. And he, I agree with what he he says. You can see him on the on on the on the monitor. Just remember one thing: you still got to make them bite, and you got to put them in the in the boat. <laughs> you can look at them all day, but if they don't bite, you ain't catching them. So. And, and I agree with it. And I, you know, it's funny because a lot of people get upset because of this live scope deal and especially at fishing tournaments. And they're saying, Hey, you know, we can't compete with them people. Yeah, you can, you know, I'm from the old school and I can still compete with them without knowing this live scope deal. But one thing about a big bass tournament and a one fish deal, it just takes one cast, one big bite. Anybody can win my event. Yeah. And this young, this lady on the entry form for 2022, very first tournament she ever fished in her life. And she came down with her boyfriend, That's, entered the tournament. Is that the one that won the boat? <laughs> she won the whole tournament. Oh, I'm the, the one I was at, she won a boat. And then she oh, came yeah. and she came and fished it with uh, on on Lake Fork. She came and fished it with her boyfriend yeah. in his boat, right. and she said, "Well, now I can fish a tournament by myself if yeah. I want." <laughs> yeah, that was the elimination draw boat yeah. that she won. Yeah, That's exactly. But no, this lady caught that bass that weighed eleven twenty nine, won the whole tournament, uh, over one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. That's something. That's. <laughs> It's pretty neat to see that. Um, so one yeah. of the things I was going to kind of ask you and talk about is um, as far as tackle goes, every time it seems like you watch the pros and they're doing one thing or the other, and it seems like they're always using the same type of stuff. But then uh, like Lake Fork, it seems to be that drop shotting is like the big thing. And uh, actually the fish that won the tournament was drop shotting on a worm. Um <coughs> Six inches of water. Yeah, you don't, you don't see that. Like you said, the weight was on the bank, and the bait was dangling in the shallow water. The you know the thing about those a lot of those bigger fish at Lake Fork were moving shallow. The lake was down, but the shad and stuff had started moving up around the banks and stuff because of the vegetation. Those big bass were right with them, and. uh but, you know, it, it, like Rayburn, we will be after the spawn is over. Uh, but, you know, so they uh, they kind of get nostalgic. They get suspended. Uh, they're a little traumatized and stuff because of the spawn. But then all of a sudden, it'll kick in. They said, damn, we're hungry. And they start eating and they start chasing. Uh, every lake is different. You know, I don't, I don't know of any two lakes that are the same. Lake Toledo Bend over at Louisiana, uh, this past weekend, they just set a new lake record, 15.67 pounds. Jeez, that's yeah. a heck of a uh, fish. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
gorgeous fish. You know, my my best fish that I ever caught was 14.9. And I don't mind telling you, I was just traumatized. <laughs> that was an amazing battle. And I enjoyed every bit of it. And I caught it in Florida. <clears throat> but uh, I've caught, I can't begin to tell you how many nines to 12 pound fish that I've caught on here on Lake Sam Raven. Uh, it's a phenomenal lake. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Uh, I had the governor, Ann Richards, uh, to come to my our lake here when we did our 10th anniversary event. We took her out fishing. She caught an eight-pounder, and her daughter was with her, and her daughter caught a seven-pounder. And uh, she was just, you know, she's quite an outdoors lady to be in the position of governor of the state of Texas. And uh, so when the tournament was over and she started to leave, she asked me, she said, Bob, is there anything that I could do for you to help you know, this industry? I said, yes, ma'am. I said, if you can get with Texas Parks and Wildlife and, and get these pure Florida stocked in these premier lakes and keep them there uh, stocked every year, <clears throat> I said, you got to understand the fishery is incredible. Uh, it's a huge economic impact for the state because people come from everywhere fishing our lakes. <clears throat> so, pardon me. So uh, she told me, she said, well, I'll try to do what I can. Two weeks later, her office calls me and asks me if I'm going to be in town such and such day because she has something for me. I met her at Twin Dykes Boat Ramp, and there was TV media there and press people, but there was five Texas Parks and Wildlife Fishery trailers there. She signed a proclamation that day that Rayburn, Fork, and other Premier Lakes would receive a minimum of a half a million pure Florida fingerlings released every year from now on. You know, I talked up one for Bob, that one. <laughs> that was a heck of a deal. And uh, she was a very delightful person. We, we worked a lot with Parks and Wildlife. Uh, we invite them to our events. They take samples of some of the fish that are caught, released, and everything we do is catch and release. You know, we we're uh, uh, I don't like to do tournaments in July and August. Uh, it's too difficult to to handle big fish and stuff at that time of the year. So, kind of one of the other things uh, wanted to kind of ask you was just your personal preference like if if you had to fish a lake outside of texas or uh, even louisiana what would be your number one lake that you'd want to fish these days um well i i love gunnersville in alabama uh i like toho in florida uh of course toledo bend louisiana uh, Cattle Lake is another lake in Louisiana, uh, north of Shreveport. 
uh, Lake Amstead down uh, Del Rio, Texas is a phenomenal lake. And uh, of course, I've always wanted to go out west in California and fish some of those lakes out there. Uh, uh, Castidic, uh, uh, I believe, is a, a premier lake. Uh, you know, bass fishing is one thing, but I'd love to go up north to the smallmouth and uh, do some of that up there. I could take our concept and put on a big smallmouth tournament up there. That'd be cool. It would be really cool. I yeah. uh, One of my favorite things to do is a buddy of mine um, actually guides on, on the river for smallmouth. And uh, so yeah. me and one of my friends every summer, we, we book a slot with them and we always go out with them. And uh, it it's more fun. And we catch them on fly tackle most of the time. So, oh, really? So we fly fish in a drift boat, which is pretty cool because it's the only time awesome. I ever get to get in a drift boat and uh, not have to worry about actually uh, rowing the thing myself because he takes care of all that and yeah. uh, just have a good time and, <laughs> and fish. And catching those smallmouth, even though it's the same stretch of river I grew up on, when you got that fly rod in your hand and you're in a drift boat, it turns it into a whole different experience. That's, oh, yeah. That is a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, um, uh, I have a good friend of mine that has a lodge in Alaska. Uh, he's been inviting my family and I to go up there and stay in his lodge and fish the Kenai River for salmon and kings. And uh, I think we're going to do that this July. That's it's awesome. on my bucket list. Absolutely. And really, yeah, and I'm really looking forward to doing that. Though. Uh, uh, matter of fact, uh, Ken and Dana that own Lake Fort Marina Motel, They've been up there every year for the past six years and shown me videos and uh, float planes up where the bears catch the salmon in there, you know, <laughs> as they're trying to go up. And uh, they actually had a bear about 15 feet from their boat. <laughs> and I don't mind telling you, uh, Dana was getting a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward just to, to seeing something different and fishing something different like that. But, you know, technique wise, um, on a lot of the lakes and stuff, I'm a Cinco freak. I love to throw a Cinco and I throw it weightless. And, uh, I wished I'd those Cinco's had come out when I was fishing the tour back in the early seventies. Yeah. But, uh, you know, cause we were just using basically plastic worms and then, uh, <clears throat> spinner baits and crank baits and buzz baits and stuff like that. Like I said, it's amazing what technology's done today and to see some of these baits. Oh, I'm I'm a fanatic with swim baits too. Yeah. Love the swim bait. So what uh like a like a mid sinking swim bait or uh what kind of <clears throat> swim bait uh because I mean, Lake Fork, like just uh, like in Texas, it's a different world compared to like where I'm, where I'm at in the Midwest. It's a completely yeah. different game. I mean, there's still largemouth, but uh, it's not it's not the same industry. They're not as big as they get down south, you know, or even on the East Coast down south, to where those fisheries get a bigger uh, window of opportunity. And uh, yeah. the bait, I mean, people are throwing eight inch swim baits down down south. <laughs> And, uh, oh, I'm, and I, catching. <laughs> let me tell you, I've got a swim bait at home that um, is about 14 inches long. 
and uh, it, it's a bone color mimics a shad, uh, and it retails for three hundred dollars. That's crazy. I didn't buy it. <laughs> no, I had a guy just. He said, "Here, try this," and he sent me one. I'm scared to death to put it on the line. I don't mind telling you. Yeah, that three. Who'd have ever thought I'd ever see a swim bait or a bait? Period. That would even cost over a hundred dollars. Right, like that. That's that's but, uh, uh, it's, it's it's crazy like, to see how it's evolved. You know, yeah, Lake Fork Trophy Tackle is one of our corporate sponsors and stuff, and they've got some brand new swim bait products and stuff that they just came out with. Matter of fact, we'll be showcasing those at at our tournaments and all and giving some of them away and uh they work believe it or not not just a fork they work here at raven they'll work they'll work on any like and you've got anywhere from four inch ones all the way up to 12 inch ones so depending on the areas that you're at and stuff like this you know and uh a lot of them use them as trailers on chatterbaits or even spinnerbait slow rolling and stuff but you could slow roll these deals too uh put an underspin with a weight and just throw it out in deeper water, let it go down and just, just barely crank it and stuff. That spinner is spinning, but the flash of that spinner, that's what attracts them. And when they nail it, they showed me a video because they had a camera, <laughs> believe it or not, above their line and stuff. And as they're slow rolling, you can see the bait moving and how it acts. Then all of a sudden, wham, a big bass just came up and just yanked it out. It was, it was amazing to see that video. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool watching all that stuff, and it's something you don't see too much. Uh, it it it's kind of seems like it's gotten a new light shed on it recently, as far as these different swim baits and the big stuff that people are throwing and and uh, all that kind of stuff. Like my favorite to this day is still watching uh, top water action first thing in the morning going out throwing something oh, <laughs> some some hydrilla or oh, some yeah. lily pads or something like that and just or yeah. you see the tail smacked where it slaps it up in the air or the initial strike and then yep. bam just hits it and Why swallows not? it that is i don't care if it's a three pounder or a 10 pounder that action gets my heart pumping more than just about anything i mean it's a, that's the same to me as having a big old buck walk out in front of you I, I agree. You know, uh, uh, a lot of fishing today depends on the confidence that you have in, in a particular bait that you like and uh, a technique that you like, whether it be spinner baiting or crank baiting or, like you said, top water or, uh, or jigs, whatever the case be. You know, swim jigs uh, is a big deal. I drew Bill Lowen uh, at a BASS tournament. Uh, and matter of fact, it was this time of the year on Raven. And what he did was he took a jig and, uh, the, uh, Lonnie Stanley ribbit frog and put it on the jig and just pitching it up against the willow tree. And then just started slow rolling it back. And the second cast that he did with that, uh, he caught one over 11 Jeez. and I, oh my gosh. Uh, that was amazing to watch that. And, uh, you know, uh, we've had, uh, a lot of our sponsors send pros to our events to meet and greet people. And, and these people give them ideas and techniques and stuff, you know, you, you learn a lot. Uh, and that's just generally during the registration days and stuff, you know, 
So uh, if you get a chance, you know, especially at our anniversary event coming up next year, yeah, we'll have a lot of the pros down here and stuff. And, and uh, they'll, uh, you know, they'll be giving techniques and talking and giving demonstrations. We'll have the big hog trough tank there and, and uh, uh, it'll have bass in it. And hopefully some of them will react, but <clears throat> I'm sure there's going to be a lot, lot more new products and stuff coming out. Uh, I've already seen a few that is just now hitting the, some of the tackle stores and stuff that I, I think are really neat. And I think they're going to catch a lot of fish. So uh, what's the craziest thing you think you've ever seen somebody catch and win in a tournament as far as tackle or bait that they used? Well, believe it or not, I had a 15 year old girl that was fishing our tournament. And she was throwing a rattle trap and she caught a 222 pound alligator gar <laughs> and landed it. Jeez. And uh, it was seven foot, nine inches long. <clears throat> I called Bass Pro. They came and got the gar, you know, because it was one of the largest in captivity and stuff. And then, especially on 17 pound test, uh, is what you call it on a rattle trap of all things. And they got the gar and took it up. And <laughs> let me tell you the following year, we got a crate shipped to our uh, office a week prior to the tournament. And they gave me instructions on what to do. So during the awards program of that tournament, we brought that crate and set it on stage. And I got that 15 year old girl up on stage. We uncrated it and Bass Pro sent a replica nice. of that alligator gar. And we gave it to her and her dad hollered out and he said, where in the heck am I going to put it? And she instantly said, in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've had some crazy things to happen and stuff like this. And that was neat. You know, it's, like I said, one of these days I'll write a book and uh, he'll tell you about all the stuff that's coming up. You know, like I said, we don't allow pros. We don't allow anyone that's guided within 90 days from the date of the tournament on, on that particular lake is ineligible. You know, we, uh, uh, it's, it's our, we are the grassroots, the, the weekend warriors is what we call. Yeah. And that's, what, and, and very family oriented. And that's what our events and things are all about. Yeah, definitely. That's, uh, one thing I noticed is, is uh, there was a lot of families there. There was a lot of people, uh, and it was a good thing to see that, uh, one, you know, the junior, the angler division, the junior angler division Language, yeah. and, uh, and, and get those kids out there and <laughs> three days of fishing for a little kid. That's, that's something to say for any kid that participates in that because, <laughs> uh, I was, I, I might've been under my breath swearing Texas a little bit <laughs> at that I moment for that heat because, uh, <laughs> mornings were great, but by the time you hit about noon or one o'clock, I was about ready to be done fishing and, uh, <laughs> knowing I, I had two you. more hours was a tough, tough day, but, uh, yeah. it was, uh, that's a testament to be said for those kids hanging in there and, and hopefully one day I can, you know, get my kids so involved that they like doing that sort of thing in the outdoors. And, um, Absolutely. And, and knowing that it's going to help a good cause. So one of the things I want to ask you is uh, just kind of one more time before we okay. wrap this up, can you tell everybody where they can go to find your events and then 
kind of how they can register for those events and and make that happen. Well, our, our our website is Sealy. That's S E A L Y Outdoors dot com, uh, and that will tell you the whole story. It, all the information, tournament rules, regulations, payouts, tournament lengths, locations, housing, uh, how you can contact uh, the local uh, uh, chamber of commerce and tourism there to uh, to find places to stay and things of that nature. Uh, that's all in our book. Or they can call us toll free at 888-698-2591. 888-698-2591. They can call us here. We'll mail out an entry form to them. Maybe stop by one of your local uh, Academy Sports and Outdoors. You'll find our entry forms will be there. Some of the Bass Pros, some of the Cabela's, things of this nature. But, you know, we uh, we start, we kick it off, our whole tournament schedule uh, for this year. We start at Rayburn, April the 21st, 2nd, and 3rd. Then we'll go to Lake Toledo Bend uh, at Cypress Bend Park, May the 19th, 20th, and 21st. We go to Lake Gunnersville in Scottsboro, Alabama at Goose Pond Colony. We'll be there June 9th, 10th, and 11th. Then we'll be at Lake Fork, September the 15th, 16th, and 17th. And then October the 7th and 8th, that's our fall shootout here at Lake Sam Raver. That's the five major events that we do a year. And, uh, uh, and you know, I told you a little bit before we started, but in 2024, I'm going to celebrate my 40th anniversary event here at Lake Sam Raven. That's April the 19th, 20th, and 21st of 2024. The hourly payouts start the biggest bass each hour, $10,000. <laughs> Goes all the way down to 315th place. The three, the four, and the five exact weights each day, $10,000. The biggest bass overall will win a sportsman's package. And this is going to be the largest payout that's ever been done in big bass history. They'll receive a hundred thousand dollar completely rigged out Phoenix bass boat. That's with Mercury out, uh, uh, Mercury, uh, engine. Uh, that'll be the, uh, a four stroke, uh, hummingbird electronics. Men color trolling motor. Uh, it have a Navionic chip. Uh, it has the TH Marine uh, Atlas jack plate. Uh, it's totally rigged out. Twenty one footer, a hundred thousand dollar boat, plus a Ram crew cab truck, and a hundred and fifty thousand dollars cash. <laughs> the biggest bath. Total payout. Uh, $310,000 for the biggest bass of that event. And that's coming in 2024 at our 40th anniversary event. I can guarantee you the guy that catches the biggest bass on day one is going to be sweating, sweating bullets the entire time between but day you know two what? and day it, three. As I've always said, Lucas, it ain't over till it's over. That's right. <laughs> uh, I've actually seen the tournament win. Uh, in the last two minutes on the last day, I've seen that happen quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anybody can win this event because it just takes one cast, 
one big bite. Don't have to worry about accumulated five fish total weight in one fish and the hourlies, you get paid every hour. And it's all guaranteed, not based on anything. I, I got one more thing, I guess, before we go, sure. because uh, I, I'm curious to get your input on it. Um, but as you saw on the news, and I'd, he- I'd heard some rumors about some guys that were doing some jail time and for some uh, nefarious right. for some nefarious activities that they've done yeah. in tournaments that you've had and stuff. But uh, what what mm. I mean, I'd like to get your thoughts on that, and then also your thoughts on those Lake Erie anglers that did the what they did for the tournaments with stuffing those fish full of weights. Well, you know what? I have a wand. So we can detect weights and stuff, lead and things in a bath. And if there's any doubt of a particular fish, we'll go to whatever extreme it is to make sure that, you know, nothing like that has happened. We polygraph every hour, every hour. And uh, we don't just do one. We do random polygraphs and stuff. Uh, People know, you know, the thing about it, it's a felony. It's not worth it. Uh, you know, you lose your fishing license and hunting privileges for the rest of your life. You can get jail time. You got community service. You can pay a big fine. Uh, it's, it's just not worth it, but we've been in this industry long enough that, you know, we can detect a lot of stuff, a lot of, you know, and we don't play games. My rules are black and white. There's no gray area. And uh, I've, uh, I guess that's the reason why my credibility is where it is. Yeah, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you know it or not. Uh, I'm, I'm very humble about this. I was deeply, deeply honored about this. But I'm in two Hall of Fames now. Uh, one is called Legends of the Outdoors National Hall of Fame in Nashville, Tennessee, and the other one is the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame at Wonders of Wildlife Museum there in Springfield, Missouri, that's connected to Bass Pro. And I got voted by peers uh, in the outdoor industry. And that was quite an honor. And the thing about it is we do what we say we're going to do. But my job as tournament director is to make sure that everybody has the same level playing field. Nobody gets a, a, a... you know, has an edge. Yeah. I just, I couldn't believe that. Like in, in my mind, I didn't even comprehend or fathom that people would be willing to go to those lengths to try and do something and and take away from other people that were actually honest people. It just, it it boggled my mind. And I could, I couldn't even hardly wrap my head around it, that, (laughs) that people were willing to go and do that. Well, you, if you recall, Lake Fork is a slot lake. That's a tough lake. It makes it a tough tournament. (laughs) Yeah. So you got 16 inches to 24 inches. Anything over 16 inches or under 24, you cannot weigh in. You can't keep. Yeah. We, uh, uh, our official measuring board is called a check it stick. And, uh, you got to understand the proper way to measure a bass is close its mouth and butt it up to the board take the tail and pinch it and fan it to get the maximum length that you possibly can at Lake Fork. It can touch 16, 
it can't go over. Yeah, every single one of my fish actually had. We're we've over. Actually had, yeah, and we've actually had people to take a pair of scissors or a knife and trim a tail. And let me tell you, that is so obvious that when they weigh that fish in, we can we can detect that within seconds. That's yeah. terrible. And, and when that happens, they got problems. And you know what? Uh, it happened three years ago at Lake Fork during our event. And so we took the guy, polygraphed him, and the game wardens were there. And of course they were questioning him come to find, and he passed the polygraph. Wow. Well, guess what? <laughs> his partner, uh, he, he didn't lie. The guy didn't trim the tail, but his partner did. We got both of them. They both got arrested and stuff. Good. It's just, it is. You can't fix stupid. That's yeah. Molestation of wildlife. You know, I mean, it, it sheds a negative light, especially when you're trying to pass on a positive image and be able to pass this on to generations and grow it and maybe take people that are on the fence that are outside of the community that, right. uh, you know, may not have the greatest light or think using hooks and, you know, reeling in fish, you're hurting them, whatever. And then to right. go and do something like that kind of goes to prove their point to the point where now maybe you just lost somebody that might be a future uh, angler and be able to support yeah. the cause. And, and I agree. And that's the reason why it, 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 me as the tournament director and our and creator of all this, I've got to work twice as hard to make sure that everybody plays on the same level and they're doing it the right way. I don't, you know, if someone thinks you're going to come in and try to cheat with us, I just tell them up front, don't test me. You won't <laughs> like the results. And the thing about it is I've, uh, you know, I've, I'm, I count my blessings. I knock on wood. I just haven't had any major problems and don't want any. Yeah. That's the main thing, but don't think that I won't stand up for what's right because I will. Nice. In a heart. Thank you so much, Bob. It's been great talking to you, learning about the tournaments and and techniques and different things. Uh, I truly appreciate it. You taking time out of your day to come on the podcast and talk. It's an honor. I'm very honored. Thank you very much for calling. I look forward to meeting you in person, but I'll see you at one of my events soon. Probably. <laughs> All right, buddy. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Publicly Challenged podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to. Also, if you could leave a review, that would help us out. And you could check us out on Instagram or at publiclychallenged.com. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the show. to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish this is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here from the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters enjoy the best fishing panama city beach has to offer during chasing the sun sundays at 9 30 a.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment oh that's awesome
Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.